Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Wednesday, the 23rd of February. And as usual, with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas, or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can always pause the slideshow here and read our disclaimer in full. And if you're listening on a podcast, then head on over to the marcustoday.com.au website and you can read the disclaimer there. Or you can sign up for a free trial of the newsletter if you're not yet a member on the same website. All right, well, an interesting night once again. They all seem to be very interesting in the US at the moment. Uh, The Dow Jones closing down 483 points, or 1.42%. 33,597. The Nasdaq down 1.23 points. 167 points, 13,382. And the S&P 500, better than those two together, down 1.01%. 44 points to 2305. The VIX index up to three, up to, well, 29, up one, 3.82% there. What was driving the US? Well, of course, the Ukraine and Russia was very much driving the US markets. It had a low of 715 points down and a high of minus 54. So you can see that uh, it closed towards the uh, the bottom of its mid-range there. But certainly the news from Joe Biden on the sanctions was enough to rally it off the bottom, but it wasn't enough to hold it there. But certainly that is what is driving the market at the moment. Of course, lurking in the background for the US is the Ides of March when the FOMC does uh, hand down is pronouncement on interest rates on the 15th and 16th. They have that two-day meeting of March, so uh, don't be Caesar at that time. The uh, US market under pressure from the word go, basically on the back of those Ukrainian uh, incursions by Russia and the response from Europe and the response from the UK overshadowing all else at the moment. Really a buyer's strike there. Oil, of course, jumped. We had Brent crude up $1.45. Uh, 1.52%, 96.84, closing in on that $100 level ever so slightly. WTI up 1.41%, up $1.28 to 92.35. Interestingly, uh, part of the sanctions, Germany said that it wouldn't sanction the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. As a result of that, gas prices in Europe rose 11%. So uh, there are some fallouts and some consequences for those doing the sanctions as well as those receiving the sanctions. Gold was up $1.20, hardly moving. Nothing really shaking there but the trees. 1907.40, up 0.06 of a percent. We did see iron ore down $2.25, 1.62%, 136.75. And the Aussie dollar, surprisingly, 72.19, up 0.4 of a percent. Against all this, the SPY futures was down six points. We did see a lot of the loss yesterday from the US. Of course, the US coming back from holidays. They had a President's Day on Monday. So this was their first day of trade after the three-day weekend and clearly in a bit of a grumpy mood and all eyes on the Ukraine. But our market, we did see those Dow Jones and NASDAQ futures down heavily in our time zone yesterday, which is part of the reason why we fell 72 points yesterday. So showing a bit of a loss today of six points, 
but uh, we will see. It'll all be reporting season and results for us with an eye on what is happening overseas. As far as other commodities go, last night we had copper up 0.18 of a percent, nickel up 0.9 of a percent, aluminium up 0.7, zinc up 1.4, lead up 0.5, tin up 0.4 of a percent there. And you can see uh, the Aussie, uh, well, the international miners overseas, Freeport McMoran was down 1.5%, Alcoa got a smack. Uh, smacking uh, down 5.3%. Tech debt was up 3%. Uh, Anglo pretty much unchanged. Glencore up 1%. Vale up 3.2%. And Arbemile steadying, but hardly spectacular, up 0.6%. Over in the US in ADR terms, that's American Depository Receipts. Uh, BHP was down 0.9%. Rio up 0.2%. And here you can see the S&P 500, and you can see around uh, that two o'clock level uh, around here where Joe Biden uh, put out the uh, the sanctions that the U.S. would be pushing to uh, onto Russia. Uh, clearly, there was some relief that they weren't as draconian as some had anticipated, and still leaving Putin a way out and not uh, punishing or escalating the situation. But that did wane towards the end. Enthusiasm waned once again. As far as uh, US stocks go, last night we had Apple down 1.8%, Meta down 2%, Google half a percent, uh, Amazon down 1.6%, Tesla 4.1% down, US banks modestly easier, Net, uh, JP Morgan down 0.2%, Google, uh, Citigroup down 0.4, Goldman's down 0.5, and Block down 4%. Again, I don't know whether they're following us or we're following them, but certainly no love for the buy now, pay later sector. Major stories last night, of course, US is targeting Russian banks with the new Western sanctions over the Ukraine crisis and also stopping Russia from accessing debt markets. I've written a little bit about Russia and the Ukraine in Henry's Take today. Uh, as they seem to hold a lot of the cards at the moment in terms of their balance of payments, in terms of their sovereign wealth fund, and also the fact that uh, they have a lot of their sovereign wealth fund is invested in gold, and they get a lot of their wealth from oil, both commodities doing pretty well at the moment. So um, that is playing into Putin's hands to some extent. Uh, The European banks are bracing for a Russian fallout. US banks see limited pain. An oil near a 2014 high. Hasn't seen this level since 2014 on this Russian-Ukraine escalation. And what happened in 2014? Well, around this time in 2014, Russia went into Crimea. So uh, they say that history doesn't repeat. Home Depot's margin warning cast shadow on a solid quarter. And Tesla hit by another lawsuit over racism by an ex-worker. And the US consumer confidence slips. A migration to the South fuels house price inflation. And the US Supreme Court has rejected a challenge to Maine COVID-19 vaccine mandate. And a very small blood clot risk after first AstraZeneca COVID shot, according to UK studies. And Volkswagen and the top investor steer towards Porsche IPO. And Iran appears to be ready to swap prisoners with the US as talks approach the finish line, according to some sources. In our market, what to expect today? Well, of course, we did see that uh, loss of uh, the US markets in our time zone yesterday, despite the fact the US markets were closed on Mondays. 
for the president's holiday, we do see the US futures market, which tend to trade pretty much the whole time. So they were down over 400 points yesterday, which kind of mirrored where the Dow was in terms of that. So our SPY futures showing only a six-point loss, but all will be about results today. Uh, there will still be some uh, uh, buyers that are very reluctant to go back in, given what's happening in the Ukraine. And I'm sure all eyes will be on the news to see what is happening, and that will just increase volatility. We do have a few economic bits out today, construction work, wage price index, and importantly, I guess, uh, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand has their policy decision today. The market is expecting a 25 basis point rise for the RBNZ. That would take their interest rates up to 1%. Now, not only did New Zealand open the market by virtue of their time zone, but also it could be argued that may, may be ahead of the market in terms of interest rate and the interest rate cycle as well. So it'll be interesting to see if they do raise rates today, and that will certainly have some uh, across-the-Tasman kind of implications for Australia. Of course, we do have that March meeting coming up from the RBA. Nickel rose last night. Nickel was up to um, it hit $25,000 at one stage, a time for the first time since 2011. It would be nice to see some of those nickel stocks doing well but uh, as yet there seemed to be a bit of a buyer strike and not too many people punting on those at the moment. In the US the bearish bets on the largest exchange traded fund tracking the S&P 500 have surged so a lot of people getting very negative about the outlook maybe that we're getting towards peak negativity perhaps and any good news from Ukraine and Russia could stimulate a rally but at the moment that does look like a forlorn hope I have to say. 10-year yields in the US, 1.92. Australia, 2.19. Germany, 0.24%. Uh, those uh, US rates, uh, the yields certainly very much under control at the moment and not being a focus given the macro geopolitical events unfolding. The AGL chief CEO calls the bid a distraction from Mike Cannon-Brooks and Brookfield. In results this morning, first up and early, PSI has upgraded due to a stronger first half. Regis Resources has increased the resource at Tropicana, which it owns jointly. And Domino's Pizza looks as if it's been doing relatively well, uh, despite uh, the, uh, the opening up of the economy. People still seem to be staying at home. Profit up 10.2%, dividend 88.4 cents, $89.1 million profit. So doing well there. And MGX, Mount Gibson, has reported a $65 million loss. They're now targeting total iron ore sales of 1.8 to 2 million wet metric tonnes a year. And in takeover and M&A news, it looks like uh, super cheap retail is potentially on the acquisition trail post its results. And Hansen on the lookout for a deal as well. Don't forget, they knocked back a deal uh, not that long ago for $6.50. The stock's trading at the moment at $5.00. 60. So uh, a little bit of a difference there. So it is possible that they could be a target and maybe in order to make themselves less of a target, they would buy something else. Pilbara Minerals. This is an interesting one in the lithium space today. The CEO is going to be stepping down at the end of the year. He's done his time and he's got the company to where it should be apparently, and he's happy to step back now. The revenue in the results today soared nearly 400% to 291.7 million, and it shipped 170 
1,228 dry metric tonnes of spodumene concentrates during the half, achieving an average selling price of 12.50 US dollars a dry metric tonne. Question of the day today. This is sparked by an email I received and Marcus received today uh, from one member. What's the signal you are looking for to go back into the water? I've put some ideas in the newsletter today in Henry's take about what I'm looking for in terms of putting a foot or a toe at least back into the water without it getting snapped off by um, a predator. But so what signal are you looking for? Would it be uh, a cessation of uh, hostilities in Ukraine or would it be the Fed or would it be something else? Would it just be a good reporting season, which, to be honest, at the moment has been muddled, has been uh, a bit higgledy-piggledy, started off well. It seems to have fallen into a bit of a lull. There has been some good ones, but there has also been some disappointments. And as usual, in this kind of market, it's not a good idea to disappoint. So what signal are you looking for to go back into the market? Well, that's it for me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Facebook discussion group. Love to have your thoughts, ideas and insights there. It is a great group, members helping members. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, don't forget we have three other podcasts which are fantastic. We have the Marker Strategy podcast, which now includes the morning meeting where we get around a desk and talk about the markets and what our views are. And on the desk podcast, and this week I've recorded one with with Ben and Tom about uh, my uh, career, I guess, and my, they call it the Genesis, my origin story. Uh, but I've recorded one yesterday on that, uh, which uh, they found quite interesting, but uh, I'm sure they've heard it all before. But you may not have, so enjoy. And of course, there's the On the Couch podcast, which last week I sat down with the boss and asked a few of your questions directly to him. But that's it from me today. Let's uh, hope the market has a better day than yesterday. And uh, thanks very much for listening.